You are Locked On Pacers, your daily Indiana Pacers podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Happy Wednesday, everybody. Welcome into another edition of the Locked On Pacers podcast, where, of course, we talk about the Indiana Pacers, as always. My name is Tony East. I cover the team for Forbes and the West Indianapolis Community News. And joining me on the other line, I can finally continue the tour to media. A guy who has been on the show many times before, one of the best people to talk to at games, but a guy who hasn't covered anything for a while. Derek Kramer over from iPacers blog. Derek, how you doing, man? I'm doing pretty good. I always good feel like here. I always feel like I'm doxing you when I say your name. <laughs> yeah, I took, I, took my, uh, I took my at off of my bio, I think, so now I am like more anonymous again. <laughs> You're officially under the radar. I can't believe I remembered your name without having to look it up. <laughs> Um, yeah, there's um, so an important caveat that I didn't think I'd ever have to do in between Pacers games. We're recording this Monday, and this will come out Wednesday, so there'll be a whole day in between where a lot of current events, not basketball-related, could happen that I cannot possibly address in the future. But, of course, I'll start by saying Black Lives Matter. Uh, me and Derek are both in support of all these protests. And, well, I'm not, I don't want to speak for him, but I know you agree with me there. And I encourage everyone to listen to Malcolm Brogdon's comments on the jump uh, for Monday. They're on my Twitter and the jump's Twitter page if you want to go check those out. Um, they're fantastic comments that explains what, why he's protesting, why everyone is protesting, and what's going on. But we're going to talk about not that. We're going to talk about the Pacers because this is a Pacers podcast, and that's why you're here. So, Derek, Pacers were 39-26 and when things shut down. We're about to clinch a playoff spot, but the season is incomplete. What did you think of everything about the team leading up to when everything stopped. It's, it's hard to even think about like the last spot they were at. <laughs> it was two over kinda, two months ago. Yeah, it's crazy. Uh, I, I think the overall, I think it was a positive. There's so many positive things you can take away. Like miles and Domas, like it's a positive first step. They didn't have a lot of like time with a healthy Vic yet. Uh, I think it's about as good as you can expect it to be, especially without like a bunch of creativity in the way of like how Nate's using both of those bigs. Um, Almost all of the additions I thought performed great or showed that they're like belong on the team long-term, like the, like the whole plan was. Um, Yeah. I mean, this was a positive season regardless of whether it continues or not. Yeah, the big the well, I guess there's you could pinpoint any one thing as like this is the big thing that means it was a success. Uh, but I think one the the first one to start at what you just said I want to start on all the new guys being good because that's kind of like that's a really like generic statement, but it means a lot that you know Brogdon didn't shoot fifty forty ninety like last year, but like he was still really good. And Warren lived up and exceeded expectations, and Lamb lived up expectations. And TJ McConnell lived up to expectations and Justin Holiday smoked them. And it's like, they just, I think part of the reason they are 39 and 26 and not 500 or a little under, like a lot of people were thinking before the season with Vic's injury is just because A, all the guys they signed fit together and B, they've just all been awesome. Like as advertised or better. And that is kind of hard when, you know, like we saw with Tyreek Evans last year, like when guys switch scenarios, it doesn't always work or they don't, you know, maintain the level you expect. Like I thought Tyreek was going to be awesome and he was not. So, this year being the exact opposite has been really interesting. 
Yeah, especially with like it's not they didn't do like the Tyreek way. They they didn't sign them all to short term contracts. Like right. obviously some of them at the end were, but to like hit on all those guys and for them to all be under contract for multiple seasons is is huge. Yeah, I think Brogdon was a safe bet, so that was safe for multiple years. But you know, Lamb really he started for half of last season with Charlotte, and that was really his only years not being a bench player. Like to have a long term bet on him being. You, I mean, obviously he was probably the, the, like, as expectation or worse. Like, he was probably the worst compared to expectations of the new guys, despite still being good. And he's yep. still been great. And, you know, they, the, only, the, the two guys with the shortest deals, McConnell and Holiday, they probably won't both went back longer term. It's like, I just yeah. – it's so weird. Because the last two free agencies has been, not been like that, really. Remind me, what's the, what's the deal with the second year on McConnell? It is uh, – Partially guaranteed for one million, and Pacers have okay. until five days before free agency to decide. So they can keep him if they want. There, no, there is no reason not to keep him at three point five million dollars. Right. Even if you don't want to play him at all, there's no reason not to not to keep him. Yeah, too valuable as a third point guard, if nothing right. else. Yeah. He, yeah. Exactly. Even injuries, it's like, oh, we have TJ McConnell throwing. So yeah, yeah, that's and a great point. There, what is there anybody that are going to get better than Justin Holiday at the mid level? Um, <laughs> well, the only the only way you could say maybe is just that there's no cap space, right? So all the best players are being squeezed into the mid levels. That's true, especially but, with it potentially going down, right? With how going to yeah, affect yeah, that too. So, but a lot of those guys will probably just try to sign bloated one year deals with their current team. So maybe it'll just be normal mid level level guys. And in terms of fit, I highly doubt it. I mean, he's been perfect, so. It's gonna be. It's, it's gonna, gonna be those bo- It's like our Monday show. It's gonna be the most boring free agency ever because the goal is just literally keep your own guys. <laughs> <laughs> the other thing you mentioned that, of course, we talk about all the time is Turbonus, right? Like, plus two net rating is great. They start together, they close together, so they're playing against the best guys, and obviously, the the long term success of the team depends both on the success of what they do and then both proving that they can play still like if one of them sucked while they were playing together their trade value tank so them being both good and good together is great for the health of you know the roster construction now and long term if they want to change directions but yeah the, the 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 biggest downside to their 39 and 26 is the creativity thing you brought up where like they're they're, they're kind of capped at what they can do because because they're slower in their centers and they're both centers who can't have in the perimeter but also because they haven't really maximized what they like. It's impossible to see miles maximized on offense when they're both out there. And it's impossible to see Domas maximized on defense when they're both out there. And that's because of their skill sets too, but also because they haven't, they, they, they've maintained the same system when they're in and out of the game. Yep. And I think, I do think it like, like you said that they're closing together. Like that wasn't the case at the beginning of the season. And that was definitely a, like a huge positive towards the, the end of this or towards the start of this time uh, that we were starting to see. That right. was definitely interesting. Obviously, Thad Young was was awesome in, in teams past. But I, I wrote a whole article last year. Do you, do you remember they in 2018-19, they beat the Thunder in the game that uh, Wesley Matthews stripped Paul George at the buzzer. Um, Domas and Miles closed that game. It was the only game I think they closed all season, and I wrote an entire article about how important it was because they've closed one game together. Yep. Last and then they like that still barely happened, even though they were starting together. It barely happened at the beginning of the season yeah. at all. Yeah, well, well, to the I guess to the defense of Nate McMillan here, Justin Holiday closing was working awesome, 
at the time. It was, yeah. And they were like three and six and needed every win they could get. But yes, they eventually did pivot back to to closing with the big man. I think that's important. Like, it, it's still not maybe not the best closing lineup, but it is working enough that you're like, okay, you know what? Whatever. See the, how this can go in the clutch when the game is slower. And it seems like it should be better, and it's not, but it's fine. Agreed. Is that what we're settling for? Fine. <laughs> and I think it can be more than fine. I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> You'd have to have the perfect guys around them, though, to make it more than fine and be willing to have them screen. I don't know. There's a lot that would have to happen that isn't happening and won't happen under their current coach. And we still need to see Vic, like, full. Right. It's yeah. Hard, well, to make, hard to make too much of a judgment. But how much, like, I get what you're saying, and I think that their net rating is just general and boring to say, but, like, their net rating will get better as a duo with Vic as he gets better. Like, duh. But, like, will their net rating get better because Vic's just not going to shoot 30% anymore, or will they actually include new stuff that they can do because he'll well, be better? Ideally, it, we, we need both those things, but who knows? Yes. <laughs> I, I understand that part, but will it be both of those? Well, they've had like two months. So if you have two yeah. months and don't come up with any creative stuff, <laughs> then it's probably not going to happen. Right. Yeah, that will be disappointing. I mean, I guess it's just like maybe they'll have the tiniest tick of more space just because the distraction level of Brogdon slash Depot off ball is bigger. Yep. But I don't know if that'll actually encourage them to – change anything about the way they play necessarily yeah they probably won't <laughs> that was also depressed man what if they come out and they're like they're houston style they're chucking like 53s a game i mean they don't necessarily like need to do that yeah they'll be worse it if would, they do that it would just be nice to see them find <laughs> creative ways to use both of the bigs yes yes we've been clamoring for that for forever <laughs> but unfortunately it's not going to happen Hey guys, let's take a quick little break here to talk to you about a new sponsor, Rock Auto. With the ever-increasing number of makes and models, it is now nearly impossible to stock all the parts you need in a traditional chain storefront. Why endure pointless and seemingly intimidating questioning and wait while a counterman orders the parts on his computer in his store, choosing the brands only his warehouse happens to carry? You have computers with access to rockauto.com, so you can do this at home in your pocket. RockAuto.com is a family business serving auto parts consumers online for 20 years. Just check it out. RockAuto.com to shop for auto and body parts from hundreds of manufacturers. They have everything from engine control modules and brake and taillight lamps, motor oil, and even new carpet. Whether it's for your classic daily driver, get everything you need with a few easy clicks. And if you let them know that you came from us, well, things can get better. Best of all, they have always reliably low prices and they can help you out in any way go to rockauto.com right now and see all the parts available for your car or truck right locked on in there how did you hear about us so they know we sent you amazing selection reliable prices and all the parts your car will ever need rockauto.com i guess there, i guess there's a lot of other storylines we could cover but those are the two biggest ones you named and we have uh we have topics to get through uh number two i i, I texted derek all these so I, i'm talking like a listicle which is super dorky but anyway the next thing I wanted to talk to you about is something that happened last week. And by happened, I mean was like rumored or leaked. Uh, the league is beginning to talk about their return strategy, or at least is um, the Board of Governors is with Adam Silver. And by the time you're listening, it might actually be kind of released what, what's going to happen. There's a whole day again in between. But uh, the, the reporting now is 
you know, 20 or 22 teams will probably come back, not all of them in some way. And then, you know, between the ringer and ESPN and Yahoo and everywhere, it seems like there's been a smidge of more of reporting about what it could look like, whether it's one through 16, every team instead of just East West or uh, one through 20. And there's some sort of play in or, uh, World Cup group stage even was considered, although it doesn't seem like that's getting a ton of backing. So a lot could happen here with games before or not before me and Adam talked about it earlier uh, last week, but I like to get more people's takes. What is your, so there's, this is two questions. The first one is what is your preferred way for the league in general, Derek? And the second one is what is probably the best for the Pacers? Uh, my preferred way and even in just normal times would just be the one through 16 playoff seating. Like and best record, no conferences, no conferences, just one through 16. There we go. And I like even just like, I don't even want the top eight on both conferences. I just want the top 16 records. Yes. Yeah. I get what you're saying. So like, like uh, San Antonio and shit would make it over Orlando and Brooklyn and whatever. Yeah. Yeah. Like yes. The, one of the biggest reasons, like, I want that, I don't, like, I don't see very many people mention this in the conversation, but just, like, like Denver, when they weren't making the playoffs, so they'd get really close, like, they'd be in the lottery, and then they get an even better pick than those teams that make the playoffs in right. the East. But uh, I just think that makes a difference over, like, it's really making the West stronger every yeah. year. Yeah, that is, I've never thought about that. Every year. A lot of what's talked about with the West being better is their market size, but that's a good point. It's just, like, you keep the balance, the yeah, imbalance just keeps adding on itself. Yep, that's interesting. Yeah. yeah, they won like what was it like forty six games the year they lost the last night to Minnesota and didn't make it. There was that year the yeah. Suns won forty eight and didn't make it. Yeah, that's yeah. It. There's just so many like so many things like that, and then like so those West teams that are at the bottom like just keep adding pretty good players if they do well in the draft. Obviously, that's not a sure thing, but. So uh, before, I, before I tell you my preferred one, I have a question for you. Sure. So it was March 10th, March 11th, March 10th, one of those two days, when everything actually stopped. Do you think that is late enough in the season that teams were actively trying to rig their position, whether that be aiming for the lottery, aiming for the top pick, or aiming for a specific seed in the playoffs? Or do you think it was still too early to, that teams were actively doing that? Uh, I think it's too early for any team that was like in the playoffs trying to do that. I, I mean, the teams that were trying to lose from the beginning of the year were obviously, <laughs> well, yeah, trying they to do still. See, so to me, think- like, like March is the start of like angling for your spot time. So they only yeah. had ten days of that happening, and not that this is dumb. This is super dumb because it impacts every team the same way. But it's almost like. Like, there's a tiny bit of, oh, the Wizards, you know, they're not going to rush Bradley Beal back into games or anything because they're not going to catch the magic anymore. Like, that happened for two weeks, probably. Like, how much did that impact the standings and impact where you could be in the East to the point of, like, you almost have to stick with conferences? Like, if it was April 1st when the season stopped, I almost think you'd have to keep it East-West. But I think it was early enough in March that I agree with you that my preferred is 1 through 16. And I think it would be good every year. Like, like the travel excuse is stupid. Just make series longer yeah. just make the series yeah. longer then it doesn't matter right six i wouldn't six. even care i don't need us like i don't like the change from the the first round from five to seven when did they even do that i don't even know when they did that it, it was in the early 2000s i think yeah i was super young like uh 
the famous Reggie's game five against the Nets. That was still game five. Yeah, the double overtime so, or whatever. Right. Sometimes in that after that. That makes the first round more fun to me too, because you can get more upsets of like like if TJ Warren's hot yeah. for two games, suddenly the Pacers can beat anybody. Yeah, like upsets are upsets are fun. So I'd be cool with them going five games for the first round this year. And then that would help the East West travel stuff. It would. It would. Well, there's no travel this year, but yes, and you're right that they could do it right. better. Yeah, this year obviously yeah. it doesn't matter. Right. Yeah, I agree with you there. And they, or if they just you know if they ever go down to 66 games or whatever instead of 82, you could just start the playoffs earlier and spread it out for travel purposes to be not an issue at all. But whatever. Anyway, travel is not an issue this year. I agree that. I think one, you're just guaranteeing yourself better matchups later in the playoffs, and they need all the revenue they can get. So why would they not try to do that, right? Yeah. Like you're getting the best record teams going farther. Also, you give yourself a chance of an LA LA Finals, which is like all the NBA should want at this point. And even the like, like why should if you're a Pacers fan listening, you're like why should I care about an LA LA Finals? I understand, but that would smash the ratings and get the league more money and not keep the cap so low, which that helps every team. Like I know that's minor, but it's, it's certainly something to think about. Yep. Uh, now for the Pacers specifically, do you have a preferred, um, a preferred style? I think I, I just like the idea, like the Pacers, what is it? They would play like the Nuggets. Do I remember that right? They play Nuggets in, in no conferences. Yes. Like I, that just sounds fun to me. It like I don't think I don't think the Pacers would win, but like <laughs> we're never gonna play the Nuggets in the playoffs. Otherwise, like that just that would just be something different to make it more interesting. So if they're jumping straight in with no regard for regular season games, or like you know, I, like I don't know if the games they're gonna schedule before the playoffs are gonna count for record. If that makes sense, like. I can see teams being like, well, this is totally different than the regular season. You shouldn't count. Yeah, preseason or something. I don't right. know how they'll – that'll be interesting. Um, but, you know, if they do, it'd be it'd be interesting because the Pacers are right in that morass of teams that could actually move up or down. But, like, I think the Heat are probably easier to beat than the Nuggets in a series, right? Yeah, they are. Like, like in, ter- in terms of fun, I get the Nuggets being a better matchup. But I think they'd, they'd probably prefer just straight east-west if, if they could get yeah. it. And the Heat would be like obviously we have the we never got the second game of the Jimmy 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 and TJ so no, obviously that would be a incredible series too so there it'll be fun regardless and it'll just be great to have basketball back yeah absolutely and and then playoff variety too and the Pacers will be in anything that happens like the record was good enough it doesn't matter but. Uh, yeah, no love for the group stage. Like the thing about group stage and me and Adam talked about this, it's totally the best for safety, right? Because you're clumping the teams to the smallest possible groups for a really long time, but it's totally the worst for competitive integrity where you're just like shoving teams into random scenarios that like one random loss to the Kings eliminates you or you get a tough group and XYZ team is screwed. So for the Pacers, group stage could be the best if they get, like, the easiest group ever. But it could also be the worst. So yeah. it depends what the league's priorities are and what you want for the Pacers. I want the Pacers to not get COVID. So <laughs> I guess group stage could be the right choice, right? Yeah. And it's hard to, it's hard to see the and all the conspiracy theorists out there. I'm sure the Pacers aren't going to get the easy <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> well, every <laughs> single team's going to do that, though. Like, literally yeah. everyone. Everybody's going to complain about it. Yeah. <laughs> if the Lakers get a hard group, the conspiracy theorists will come out. And if the Lakers get the easy group, 
the conspiracy theorists. Yep, both ways. Yep, goes both ways. Yeah, it's going to be ridiculous. Uh, are you in favor of 16, 20, 22 teams? Any thought about that? <sighs> it's probably would be best if they just went the lowest as possible, but Agreed. teams teams want to make money. It's, uh, yeah. Health and safety reasons, it would be 16. Just yes, I agree. Like, they so this is new. Me and Adam didn't even talk about this. The new development is the like, if they they Zach Lowe reported if they have 22 teams come for the whatever the end of regular season plan and then playoffs, the other eight would do some like fall series thing, kind of like summer league to play games that I'm sure would count towards RSNs and would just you know be games. Okay. Uh, well, if you're going to do that, why not just have 14 teams do that and 16 teams go to the playoffs? That seems like uh, a, a nice, safe way to do it. Because what's yeah. the, like, why are we jamming the Wizards and Suns into this? They they do not deserve to be in. No. Like, if if the no, re- no like, one to see them there either. No, no, they're bad. They're just bad basketball teams. And I get. I look. I understand the want of the league to try to get Zion in, but also. It's like it's not unreasonable that the Pelicans or Kings or Spurs would have caught the, the Grizzlies. Like the Grizzlies deserve the spot because they actually won the games that they played. But it's not a, like I get why the the teams right behind the Grizzlies would have gripe not going sixteen. But like, why are we doing twenty two, man? What the hell did the Wizards offer to the, the any sort of return to basketball? That's just stupid to me. Here's a. I would honestly like for the NBA to go smaller playoffs Ooh. and only have. 12 teams. 12, huh? And then the uh, buys. Top, top two seeds get buys. Ooh. Top two seeds in conference, you mean? Load, yes. Uh, oh. Load management would be. Oh, well, I'm very pro buys in the NBA because I talked about that with Adam too, man. You are you are all over stuff I've already talked about. But yeah, then good teams are trying till the end of the game, at the end of the, re- the season. Yep. Because that, but yeah, they'll want that buy so they get that whole stretch off which yeah. maybe some would wouldn't value that as much but like those the three four or three six and four five like those are harder matchups than normal yeah and that, well especially like the lakers like lebron getting two weeks off right before the playoffs are you kidding like they would kill for that yep with his age so yeah i, I totally think that would have value or, or even the clippers who have Kawhi, who they load managed to death anyway like they're currently fourth or third in the west or something something not the top like i think um i forget who's ahead of them that isn't the lakers someone else is but yeah they'd be trying right now and that is not the case in real basketball that would be a good one i would like that because well who's seven in the west the Ma- the mavs would hate that because they're actually good but yeah. then you're just cutting out the grizzlies the magic and the nets who are all under 500 anyway who cares get them yeah. i'm really just trying to find ways to get rid of the teams at the bottom of the east that are always under 500 you know how much the Magic must love being in the East? Like two years in a row, they're going to make the playoffs just for like stumbling around, basically. It's just it's just crazy. You know, like every year, there's always those teams at the bottom. There's some GM who's like, "You're kidding me that Nick Vucevic is is making me look bad." Like just barely. It's crazy. Yeah, I, I think I I think we are step in step here though. That I think my preferred way is also. No conferences one through sixteen, because it just makes the most sense and would be good for the league in the in the future and for the Pacers. That's probably the best too because of fun. But I think it, in terms of winning, you probably prefer the Heat. So, but no group stage. Get that group stage crap out of here. Yeah, the Heat uh, Pacers probably 
Well, once you mentioned that, that would probably be the more fun series. Although yeah. I just I, I enjoy the Nuggets, but it'd probably be best if they didn't weren't playing the Pacers. Pacers split with the Nuggets this year and have not beaten the Heat. That is also something to consider, though. They they only play how many times did they play the Heat? Twice. They played twice. twice. Almost won in Miami and then lost big time. Right. Yeah. They went the yeah, OT in Miami. Uh, yes, yes. And then, and then in, India, in India, they got smoked, but I still maintain, I mean, they lost. They would have lost anyway, but it was the day that Vic announced his return date, so nobody was focused on the game. <laughs> yeah. Hey, guys, so let's take another break to talk to you about my favorite thing to talk about, Built Bar. And now I after now that it's been a month of, uh, of me talking about them on this show, I can tell you that multiple people have reached out to me who have tried it, and they loved it. A ton of people tried it. And they're really good, and, and they can be a part of your daily life really easily because they're delicious, they're really healthy, they're the perfect snack. It's a protein bar that tastes like a candy bar. They have 16 amazing flavors, all 100% covered in chocolate. Some of them are nut-based, some of them are nut-free, that are more fruit-flavory. My favorite was probably the peanut butter chocolate one, which tasted pretty close to a Reese's. However, there were a bunch of really good ones that I also liked. The mint one was delicious too. If you're health conscious, they're great. If you're trying to gain muscle, they're great. They only have 20 grams of protein and 170 calories. Excuse me. They have 20 grams of protein, which is a ton, but they only have 170 calories. They're delicious. Go to BuiltBar.com. Use the code LOCKEDON at checkout. You'll get $10 off your first order. So that's the code LOCKEDON, all one word, at BuiltBar.com for $10 off. Go check them out. All right, we're moving down our list of, of topics that go all over the place. Number three, we're only going to do one because we're, we're running long here. It's a short one. Favorite season memory from this season? It's truncated. It perfect segue. You uh, mentioned the announcement of his return. I think the, oh. the game he came back, yeah. uh, you couldn't have written a better script. Like He struggled most of the night and just nails that shot to tie the game. I always talk about it with, I think I talked with you about this with Lance. So many times he would shoot, it'd be like the no, 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 yes kind of thing. Yep. Because you never think it's going in for Lance until it does. Yeah, Vic was terrible that whole game. So when he yanks with eight seconds left from 40 feet, or not that far, but far, you know, oh, come on, man. Like, why'd you shoot that? But of course, it goes in. Well, he's like 0 for 6 from 3 that whole game. Yeah, he was horrible and he had no impact with the bench. And for some reason, he was closing the game and it was all a mess. But, it worked out, and then he didn't play in overtime because they would have lost if he played in overtime. <laughs> right. Yeah, and he reached his reached his minute load, and then the the karma of the no call on on Levine, uh, on Levine and then they lost like six straight. <laughs> yeah, man. Yeah, they, uh, I want to do a post about this. They lost to the Knicks the next game. I'm pretty sure. So people always talk about like, oh, you know, it's just one loss, or whatever. Like, oh, whatever. Like, it makes sense with the circumstances. Yeah, it makes sense with the circumstances. But I want to do a post that's like, they lost the Hornets, and they lost the Pistons three times. They lost, you know, like if you add up all their bad losses and say, oh, if they go 500 in those losses, not even win them all. They just go 500, they'd probably have like six more wins, which is crazy. That's like top of the East. It's nice. Like, like all those games matter. It feels, like, it feels like it's that every year where they yeah. just have – There's a couple Obviously, teams. they have some upsets too, but – and yeah. every, every game matters. Get out of here with that crap. Anyway, I'm not talking to you. I'm talking to other people. I like to vent. I need to do that tweet soon. I've been talking about it for a while in my head. Yeah, that one was awesome. That's definitely in my top three. It's probably top one. I mean, like the, they made signs and stuff. That always makes the games more special. And the huge crowd was all yellow. It was awesome. It felt like a playoff game, even though they were playing the Bulls, which was hard to do. That was cool. That was really fun. Huh? All the Bulls games are always so fun. 
I know. It's, yeah, I last year they had the like, Levine duel too, right? We had the Jakar Sampson dunk fest. Oh, yeah. <laughs> that was, wasn't that the game Miles went insane because Domas didn't play too? Yep. Uh-huh. And Sumner had a really good game. Yeah, that was that was like the, the hardcore Hype train? Dream game. Hype train is taking off, man. Yeah. Um, that one's in my top three for sure. I wrote about one early in the offseason. I'm working on another one, so I'll just bring these two up, although I have another one I want to throw in too. Um, the win in Denver was awesome. Like the 40-point fourth quarter comeback where McDermott was like literally the best player in the NBA. Huge. That one was awesome. Uh, Justin Holland was really good that night. Sabonis had his first of like three straight triple doubles or something to spark that road trip. Just an, And they beat a good team, which makes it even more special that they had just an absurd game. And the other one I remember is uh, the Holiday Bros carrying him to that OT win over the Magic. I forgot about that one. It's yeah, a good one. It's, it's the magic. Yeah, you know what else? You know what else I forget about that game, Derek? They wore the Hickory jerseys. Oh yeah, that's a good thing to forget. I try to block out all of those games. Pretty soon, pretty soon we'll be able to forget those. Yeah, no kidding. Maybe that they'll have to do like some weird summer league jerseys in uh, in Orlando, and we'll never see them again. The only, <laughs> only bright side. <laughs> yeah, how's that gonna work? Like home away jerseys and stuff. I not that it matters. That's true. Yeah. I haven't, yeah, I haven't mentioned any. I just, I want those. Uh, I don't even remember which ones they are. I think they're the city uniforms. I just, I don't want those to be a one-year thing. The yellow? No, not the yellow. The the white with the racing stripe. Oh yeah, those are great. I can't that's my favorite Pacers uniform. I just think that's the best you can do with the racing theme. It's definitely in my top three. You know, I just really want them to have a jersey that says Indianapolis on it. I know they're not the Indianapolis Pacers, but I would buy the crap out of a jersey that says Indianapolis. Would they do Indianapolis or would they just do Indy they if would, they did that? Oh, probably. Dang it, Derek, you're ruining my dreams, man. It would just be, that's just so many letters. It's hard to make or that Yeah, it'd be like I-N-D-P-L-S or whatever, like the Lakers did when they were in Minneapolis. Yep, yep. Dang it. I'm never going to have what I want. Whatever. Uh, the other game I want to throw in there was actually, I think, their second to last game before we stopped. This one is it's like harder to call it a memory when I was thinking about memories, but uh, when Vic took over in the fourth quarter against Luca, that was sick. Yep. That game was awesome. Do you have any others? There's a lot of great ones. Uh, the random one would be just TJ Warren's first game against the Suns. Oh, yeah. When they had the cash considerations tweet that got. Yeah, yeah. Then they deleted. Like the, he just the left. infamous cash considerations tweet. We we talked about it earlier, but like, really, just my memories from this season are just going to be like how good the new guys were. Yeah, like it was just so much fun. Like after having a great couple years with all those with Boyan and Thad and that group, like just instantly being able to really enjoy the new group again was great. Yeah, and I know you like me were having a a dorky hoodie time when they beat the Nets and like Alizé was in the rotation and Nazmi Trulong was the backup point guard. And yes, that game was awesome. <laughs> I love that game. Naz <laughs> played. That was awesome. I know that was before the, the Bell's palsy stuff too. So you could still play. And he was like, he was a little player there, man. It's a shame that he couldn't get more, more time. He got hurt all he season. Hit, he hit like four straight shots or something. Yeah. I mean, if you're Kyrie Irving and like, you look at the team you just beat. You, is that not the moment where you're like, damn, like the Nets kind of suck? <laughs> <laughs> we just got beat by the Pacers C team for like pizza. That was a fun one. The Celtics won the one they won when they when Aaron Holiday was insane in the fourth quarter. That was a good one. That's another one where like all those games always seem so close. 
the Celtics and the Pacers. I know. Well, it's funny because none of them are close until the fourth quarter, and then the Pacers claw their yeah. way back in. And they should have that should have won with that formula both times. But Vic decided that pulling up from thirty feet with thirty seconds left was a good idea. Oh, man. Dude loves to try to get the crowd in the game, and if he had hit that, for sure would have worked. But it also just killed them. Yeah, that was a. Uh, there were some painful moments with Vic this year, but. All right, I've never asked anyone this. I'll flip it. What was your least favorite Pacers memory this season? Oh. <laughs> Sands injuries, right? No, no Jeremy Lamb in Toronto or anything like that. Yeah. Uh, I mean, that loss to the Knicks, definitely. Anytime you lose a game like that, that I mean, it's, I can only think of stuff we've already talked about. Did you got anything good? Um, that Jeremy Lamb game, they also lost by like 50 points, right? Was yeah. it the same game? I don't remember now, actually. They got smoked in Toronto. I mean, that was just awful. Um, not that I can really think. I mean, the game that, that they feuded with Jimmy Butler, they got smoked. You can call that a negative night if you want. But at least, like, I don't know. It was entertaining. That's true. It was really entertaining. They lost, they when they lost it. the Cavs and were 0-3, I think for a second everyone was like, oh, shit. <laughs> they yeah, were, the, beginning of this, the beginning of the season was not great. <laughs> oh, man. We lost the Pistons twice in the Cavs. We might be uh, – <laughs> Every time. Drummond gets traded to the Cavs and they have to play oh the game. Oh, my gosh. That's got to be the worst <laughs> moment of this season. The inverse of the Blake Griffin stuff where they just ducked Blake Griffin for an entire season. This time they play Andre Drummond six times, which is just the dumbest thing. <sighs> At least I beat him on the Cavs. Like, if they had lost again and they were 1-5 and five against Andre Drummond this year, it's like, okay, somehow this dude is their kryptonite, which makes no sense at all. Nope. They don't have like a like an Al Jefferson spin move on Embiid moment, which makes me sad. Oh, man. That was such a great moment. I know that was one of my that was my favorite moment probably of seventeen eighteen. Just like wow, Al Jefferson just owned like an all defense center. All we right. don't have any like oh. old wily veterans that don't play much anymore though. I know they had Wilkins and Al Jeff and they got nobody. Did they have anybody last year really? <sighs> Not really. Not like that, no. Yeah. I don't know. Last like, season was just weird. It, can we talk about, like, just how incredible it is that TJ Leaf started the year in the rotation? And won them a game against the Bulls? <laughs> and then he had, like, 15 and 13? Yeah. I mean, he's, he's had some decent games over his career. Like that. Game 82. Uh, yeah, and it last, <laughs> That's my favorite. That's one of my favorite games. Game but, yeah. It dropped every 135 year. with the JV team, yeah. Every year they start him off in the, in the rotation, and they're like, oh, wait, he's still bad. It all makes sense. Like, okay, here's our young guy, inconsequential minutes. Like, go, okay, go do whatever you want. And then you're like, oh, crap, he is not helping. <laughs> no. Oh, wait, we're three and six. <laughs> the very telling moment of the season was that, that Brooklyn game we talked about when Alize was in the rotation. It wasn't that Alize was in the rotation. It was that Alize was in the rotation, and Leaf was also not in the rotation that game. So, yep. Not not good. Yeah. Well, uh, that's probably the biggest thing about this whole. Well, that's probably the second biggest transaction thing to monitor for the Pacers this summer, which is both indicative of how boring their summer is going to be, but also where they're at is like number one, resign Justin Holiday. Number two, get TJ Leaf somewhere else. Somehow. Yeah. It's hard to see them finding anybody to take him. The cap drop might have sunk his chances of playing for the Pacers ever again. Unfortunately. Uh, Derek Kramer. You got anything else for today? I'm good.
Wow. <laughs> You're tired of talking to me already, huh? I dig you out of the, the tw- you haven't tweeted in 15 days doldrums. And you- this is like the most Pacers content I have helped create in a long, long time. So <laughs> write one 300 word article. So your, your website still keeps its SEO rankings on Google or something. Yeah, thanks to the, thanks to the last dance. Uh, a lot of people were Googling about the Pacers trading away their pick in the Michael Jordan draft. So I got a lot of you That's for right. that. Right. There you go. <laughs> the last dance saved a, a lot of people content, actually. So thank you, CSPN, for that. All right. Well, I, I shouldn't have said you don't tweet very much because I was about to say you can follow Derek on Twitter over at uh, at iPacers. <laughs> hey, once the, once the games start back, maybe I'll, uh, I'll, well, I'm sure I'll be back. You do retweet all the Pacers stuff. So it'll all be in one place there. It's still valuable, including, including all the Brogdon stuff from today. Um, and yeah, again, I encourage you to go check out all the stuff Brogdon had to say on the jump about uh, the protests and all that. Uh, thank you guys for tuning in. Adam, we'll be back on Friday to talk another what if. I don't know what it's going to be this time. We already exhausted all of our Paul George stuff, but we'll see. Thank you guys so much, and we'll see you then. <laughs>